Good morning. Okay, here we go. Good morning. This is Caleb, and you are tuning into the Walk with God podcast. Um, I'm with you live from Texas right now. Today is January 6th, 2020. Can't believe we're almost in a uh, com- can't believe that we've almost completed our first week, full week in the year of 2020, and the start of the the third decade in the the 2000s. Man, it's just flying by. I remember when I was 10 years old, and uh, when it was just turning 2000, and the the year Y2K, and how big of a thing that seemed to be. And now here we are 20 years later, man, it's, uh, uh, it's hard to believe, but I just want to say thank you for tuning in. We are going to study today, uh, Psalm chapter six. Then we're also going to read from Genesis 13, five through 15, 21. We're going to read from Proverbs chapter 1, verses 29 through 33, and then we're going to read from Matthew in the New Testament, chapter 5, verses 27 through 48. I know this this Bible study plan, Bible reading plan, is a little bit different than some other people's. It was actually, uh, I believe this one is created by Brian Harden from the Daily Audio Bible podcast, and I really like this this Bible reading plan. It's uh, available through Bible gateway or biblestudytools.com. And I really like this one because it it goes through the Old Testament, the New Testament, the Psalms, and the Proverbs every single day. And so every single day you get an injection from Psalms, Proverbs, the, the the book that talks about the heart of the God, the book that talks about the wisdom of God and teaches the wisdom of God, the book that tells us the history of where everything came from, and the book that really uh, the books in the New Testament that really reveal the message and the lessons that God wants us to know about all of his history and all of that he's been doing on the earth. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and start with a word of prayer and then we'll get started. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord God, for today, for giving us another chance to be able to honor and glorify you, to study your word and to grow in your truth. Lord, please bless us this time that we have together. Father, please bless your word and help it not to return void, just like you promised that it wouldn't. Help us to listen with ears that hear and listen on purpose. Lord, please write your word upon our hearts. Help us to grow in it, Lord, and speak to hearts, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, we're starting in Psalm chapter 1 today. Uh, If you have your Bible, please turn with me to Psalm chapter 6. Correction, Psalm chapter 6. O Lord, rebuke me not in thine anger, neither chasten me in thy hot displeasure. Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am weak. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are vexed. My soul is also sore vexed. But thou, O Lord, how long? Return, O Lord, deliver my soul. O save me for thy mercy's sake. For in death there is no remembrance of thee. In the grave who shall give thee thanks? I am weary with my groaning. All the night make I my bed to swim. I water my couch with my tears. Mine eye is consumed because of grief. It waxeth old because of all mine enemies. Depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity, for the Lord hath heard the voice of my weeping. The Lord Lord hath heard my supplication. The Lord will receive my prayer. Let all mine enemies be ashamed and sore vexed. 
Let them return and be ashamed suddenly. Here we see David to the chief musician says, um, O Lord, rebuke me not in thine anger, neither chasten me in thy hot displeasure, asking the Lord to have mercy upon him. And for thy mercy's sake, save me for thy mercy's sake. Salvation, as well as everything that God gives to man, is by his mercy and by his grace. And it is never wrong to pray for mercy, never wrong to pray for the Lord's grace. And the promise in the end that the Lord hears our supplications, and he heard David's supplications. Now, if you will, turn with me to Genesis chapter 13. Genesis chapter 13. We're going to study, read from Genesis chapter 13, verse 5. So we just studied the end of the flood. We just got to all the way up to um, the beginning of the life of Abram. And when he went down into Egypt and came back into the, the land of Canaan. And here we go. And Abram, I'm sorry, verse 5. <clears throat> and Lot also, which went with Abram, had flocks and herds and tents. And the land was not able to bear them that they might dwell together, for their substance was great so that they could not dwell together. And there was a strife between the herdmen of Abram's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle. And the Canaanite and the Perizzite dwelled then in the land. And Abram said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we be brethren. Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right, or if thou depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes, and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere, before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zoar. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves the one from the other. Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan, and, Dwa and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent toward Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. And the Lord said unto Abram, after that lot was separated from him, Lift up now thine eyes, and look from the place where thou art, northward and southward, and eastward and westward. For all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed forever. And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Arise, walk through the land in the length of it, and in the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. Then Abram removed his tent, and came and dwelt in the plain of Mamre, which is in Hebron, and built there an altar unto the Lord. Chapter 14 And it came to pass in the days of Amraphel, king of Shinar, Arioch, king of Elessar, Kedorlaomer, king of Elam, and Tidal, king of nations, that these made war with Birah, king of Sodom, and with Bersha, king of Gomorrah, Shinab, king of Adma, and Shemeber, king of Zeboim, and the king of Bela, which is Zoar. <clears throat> All these were joined together in the vale of Sidim, which is the Salt Sea. Twelve years they served Kedorleomer, and in the thirteenth year they rebelled. And in the fourteenth year Kem came Kedorlaomer and the kings that were with him, and smote the Rephaims 
in Ashtaroth, Karnaim, and the Zuzims in Ham, and the Emims in Shavah, Kiriathayim, and the Horites in their Mount Seir, unto El Paran, which is by the wilderness. And they returned and came to and Mishpat, which is Kadesh, and smote all the country of the, the Amalekites, and also the Amorites that dwelt in the Hazion, Hazen, Hazion, sorry, Hazion Tamar. And there went out the king of Sodom, and the king of Gomorrah, and the king of Admah, and the king of Zeboim, and the king of Bela, the same as Zoar, and they joined battle with them in the vale of Sidim, with Kedorleomer, the king of Elam, and with Tidal, king of nations, and Amraphel, king of Shinar, and Arioch, king of Elessar, four kings with five. And the vale of Sidim was full of slime pits, and the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah fled, and fell there, and they that remained fled to the mountain. And they took all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah, and all their victuals, and went their way. And they took Lot, Abram's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom, and his goods, and departed. And there came one that had escaped, and told Abram the Hebrew, for he dwelt in the plain of Mamre, the Amorite, brother of Eshcol, and brother of Anar, Aner. And these were confederate with Abram. And when Abram heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his trained servants, born in his own house, three hundred and eighteen, and pursued them unto Dan. And he divided himself against them, he and his servants, by night, and smote them, and pursued them unto Hobah, which is on the left hand of Damascus. And he brought back all the goods, and also brought again his brother Lot, and his goods, and the women also, and the people. And the king of Sodom went out to meet him after his return from the slaughter of Kedorleomer, and of the kings that were with him at the valley of Sheva, which is in the king's dale. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him, and said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be the Most High God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thy hand. And he gave him tithes of all. And the king of Sodom said unto Abram, Give me the persons, and take the goods to thyself. And Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have lift up mine hand unto the Lord, the Most High God, the possessor of heaven and earth that I will not take from a thread even to a shoe latchet, and that I will not take any thing that is thine, lest thou shouldst say, I have made Abram rich. Save only that which the young men have eaten, and the portion of the men which went with me, Aner, Eshkol, and Mamre, let them take their portion. Chapter 15 After these things the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram. I am thy shield, and thy exceeding great reward. And Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus? And Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is mine, ear, mine heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad, and said, Look now toward heaven, and tell the stars, if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. And he said unto him, I am the Lord that brought thee out of Ur of the Chaldees, to give thee this land to inherit it. And he said, Lord God, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? 
And he said unto him, Take me an heifer of three years old, and a she-goat of three years old, and a ram of three years old, and a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. And he took unto him all these, and divided them in the midst, and laid each piece one against the other, but the birds divided he not. And when the fowls came down upon the carcasses, Abram drove them away. And when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell on a, upon Abram, and lo, and horror of great darkness fell upon him. And he said unto Abram, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them four hundred years. And also that nation, whom they shall serve, will I judge, and afterwards shall they come out with great substance. And thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace, thou shalt be buried in a good old age. But in the fourth generation they shall come hither again, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. And it came to pass that when the sun went down, and it was dark, behold, a smoke, smoking furnace and a burning lamp that passed between those pieces. In the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, Unto thy seed have I given this land, from the river of Egypt unto the, river, unto the great river, the river Euphrates. The Kenites and the Kenizzites and the Cadmonites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Rephaims, and the Amorites, and the Canaanites, and the Girgashites, and the Jebusites. Here we see in chapters 13 through 15 that <clears throat> Abram came up from Egypt. Abram split the land with Lot. Lot went over towards Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham, Abram went west and camped out that way. And then... Uh, the title King Nations and Kedilomer come down and they uh, raid Sodom and Gomorrah that rebelled against them and took all Lot and all of these people prisoner as slaves. And Abram takes all of his trained people and trained men who they did not attack and did not bother and attacks them by night and uses some uh, wiser tactics. They didn't it was probably a greater force than he had, so he attacked them by night. He attacked them in split numbers and split parties to make sure that they would probably think that their Abram's force was larger. He constantly pursued them, did not let them rest all the way up to Damascus, and used some wise kind of military-style tactics on them to uh, make sure that they could capture and wear down their enemy and bring everything and all the people back and send them running away. We see that after this, he comes back to, um, comes back to those, those plains in those areas, uh, close to the plains of Mamre and Sodom and Gomorrah and the south and Israel. And he comes to Melchizedek. Melchizedek brings them refreshments, food and wine, and he gives tithes of everything. So even before the law of the Pentateuch, or before the Levitical law and the priestly laws of offerings and tithes, we see Abram setting the example of giving a tenth to the Lord of all of his increase and everything that is coming back. We then also see that Abram is given a promise by God that you will inherit this land and thy seed shall be more than the stars of heaven or more than the dust of the earth. And he asked him, but I don't have a son. What 
what's your promise for this? And so the Lord tells him to, in the kind of the standard or the promised covenant of, of the day, the Lord tells him, okay, take the ram, the sheep, the goat, the, uh, the turtle dove and the pigeon and split them all. And so Abram did, and this was a practice of that local culture at that time that you would split these animals and separate them. And it would be a blood covenant then because the blood was in between them as well. And the two that were making a covenant would walk together in between the animals as a sign and symbol that whoever would break this covenant then would be subject to the punishment of death. And here we see at the end of the day that Abram is keeping all the birds and all the uh, vultures from eating these animals and coming down on them. He's driving them all away, waiting for the Lord. And then the Lord causes him to fall asleep at the end of the day when the darkness is coming. And the Lord gives him a sign and shows that the Lord walks through with the furnace and the burning lamp, the middle of the animals. He walks through the middle of the animals between the pieces by himself, saying that, Abram, I'm not going to make you uh, part of this covenant that it's all dependent on you, but I am going to put all of this upon myself. And if I don't fulfill this covenant, then I will, uh, I will suffer the consequences of death for it. But since he is God, he never has to worry about not fulfilling his word because his word is perfect truth. His promises are perfectly good. Then he also tells Abram that the people, his people, thy seed, shall be a strange uh, a stranger in a land that's not theirs and shall serve them for 400 years, predicting the service and the slavery of the Israelites in Egypt for 400 years. It's a, a lot going on, but man, there's a, a lot of information packed into these chapters. Now, if you will turn with me to the book of Matthew, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 5 today. Matthew chapter 5, verses 27 through 48. Matthew chapter 5, verses 27 through 48. Ye have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you, that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her, hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. And if thy right eye, excuse me, offend thee, pluck it out, and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. And if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. It hath been said, Whosoever shall put away his wife, let him give her a writing of divorcement. But I say unto you, that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causeth her to commit adultery, and whosoever shall marry her that is divorced, committeth adultery. Again, ye have heard that it hath been said by them of old time, Thou shalt not forswear thyself, but shalt perform unto the Lord thine oaths. But I say unto you, Swear not at all, 
neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by earth, for it is his footstool, neither by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Neither shalt thou swear by thy head, because thou canst not make one hair white or black. But let your communication be yea, yea, nay, nay. For whatsoever is more than these cometh of evil. Ye have heard that it hath been said, an eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you that ye resist not evil. But whosoever shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if any man will sue thee at the law, and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, turn, that, turn not thou away. Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor, and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same? And if ye salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans so? Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect." The book of Matthew, chapter 5, we have a, an amazingly high standard and command that the Lord has just given us here. Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. We are called to live up to the standards of God. His standards are perfect and perfection. And so we are called to live up to his standards as Christians. Well, how can we do that? The Lord, in his Sermon on the Mount, is describing how to do that. How to love the Lord your God in the way that is pleasing and honoring and glorifying to him. And a lot of these have to deal with our fellow man, our fellow brethren, uh, thou shalt not kill, but also thou shalt not get angry with your brother without a cause. Don't call him a fool. Um, agree with that adversary quickly. Uh, don't commit adultery. Don't even think about committing adultery. If you think about it in with your mind, you've lusted after, after a woman and committed adultery with her in your heart already. Don't even do that. If thy right eye offend thee, um, cast, pluck it out and cast it from thee. If the, your right hand offend thee, cut it off and cast it from thee. Uh, this isn't saying that you have to uh, mutilate your body, that you don't have to literally cut off your hand or your eye, but Jesus is comparatively saying that it's better to get a limb cut off or an eye plucked out than it is for you to just go through life sinning and never turning to God and be cast into hell and lose everything, including your eternal soul. And here we have that hell is a real, literal place, that the whole body should be cast into hell. It means that the hell is a place that can hold 
multitude of bodies and of people and of sinners, and that there are those that shall be cast into it. And it's much better to turn from wickedness and turn to God for his salvation than it is to go to hell. Uh, whosoever shall put away his wife, it, it, it's much better to stay with your wife and never get divorced. Um, but also that if anybody marries someone who is divorced, commits adultery as well. Now, there are those that have been, have said that those that have gotten divorced and gotten remarried need to get divorced again. Well, that's, that's definitely not the teaching here. Um, the teaching is if somebody is divorced, that it, it's better not to um, get married to somebody who is divorced because that is the same as committing adultery with somebody else's wife who, or husband who they had married previously. But if you have gotten married, if somebody has gotten married since then, and you're, if somebody is currently in a marriage, God wants you, that person that's in that marriage, to stay in that marriage. A second divorce is only a repetition of the same mistake and the same sin uh, of, that is against God's will. Now, there is a cause for divorce, and the Lord says that here that if, um, if, it's, if divorce is... Divorce is never mandatory. The Lord is never saying that for this cause, you must get a divorce. There's, that's nowhere in the Bible. But he is saying that the only cause that would ever be uh, allowed, allowing divorce would be for the cause of fornication, for, uh, for the cause of adultery that is breaking the covenant of marriage. It, for any other cause or for any other reason that is not a justification for divorce. And so it is God's will for somebody not to get a divorce in the first place. Now, if somebody is being unfaithful, if somebody is um, being abusive, now that's cause for separation uh, until the person who is hurting the other in the marriage corrects their behavior. And that should be something that is shown faithfully over time. Um, we're not saying that somebody must remain in an abusive relationship and just bear with it. But the teaching here is that clearly the Lord wants somebody who has made a vow of a covenant relationship in a marriage to remain faithful to that covenant vow. Um, <clears throat> he's also going through, don't swear by heaven, don't swear by God's throne, don't swear just let your communication be straightforward, honest, and true. Um, don't get revenge. Re vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. Not man. The wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Um, pray for those that use you. Pray for those that persecute you, that you may be the, ch the children of your Father which is in heaven. Be ye therefore perfect. So this is the... This is the end of our study for today. 
there's a, a lot that the Lord has gone over that the Lord has been teaching about today that in, in this in this specific chapter that he is calling us to a very high standard the Lord's perfect standard and it's the Christian life is the hardest life that anybody will ever live because it is the perfect standard if you are looking at God's will it is his perfect standard and it takes a lifetime to just work on trying to get um, better and better on every single just little thing. But without God, it would all be impossible. But thankfully, we have the Holy Spirit who lives in our heart. And we have the God of heaven and of earth and of earth that wants us to be like him, who wants to help us to be like him. And we can pray and ask him for his help each and every day. So that's my prayer for you today, that you would seek the will of the Lord and that you would set his standards as your standards and try to live up to them and pray for his help if you're struggling with it. God bless you. God keep you. You can find this podcast. If you can't listen to it on YouTube, you can find it on Pocket Casts. You can also find it on Spotify and it may be coming to Apple Podcasts soon as well. This is the Walk With God podcast. If you have any questions or any prayer requests, feel free to email me at wwgcaleb at gmail.com. And uh, you can also just leave a comment below and let me know if you need any information or any prayer requests. God bless you. Have a great day.